the book of the Acts of the Apostles, part 11, in looking at the third consideration that should help us understand from the end and appreciate the actions, activities, deeds, and ministry of the apostles, that is, those sent by the Lord to give the good news of the kingdom of God. We noted that the Lord Jesus Christ presented himself alive to his disciples after his crucifixion and resurrection by many infallible proofs over a period of 40 days in order to ensure that they were irrefutably convinced beyond any doubt whatsoever about the resurrection and by extension about the truth that should they devote and commit themselves irrevocably to living for him and by his word they would likewise be raised from the dead when they fall asleep. The missing ingredient in the preaching of the gospel today is the conviction of full persuasion on the part of many people who are propagating the gospel as to the veracity of the word of God. And more particularly, that the Lord Jesus Christ indeed resurrected from death. We describe conviction as a fixed and firm belief in something which cannot be altered by persuasive argument to the contrary. When you have a conviction in something, no argument can alter that conviction. If any other argument can alter it, you don't, you didn't have a conviction in the first place. And conviction is also the unshakable belief in something without the need for proof or evidence. I just believe it. I don't need you to prove anything. I don't need science to tell me the Do you understand? I don't need archaeologists to prove that Jesus came as man. I don't need it. I know from the word of God. Some people call it interpretation. It's okay. I don't have to see God. I'm okay with it. I have that conviction. I don't need any other person to come and prove anything to me. The word of God is enough for me. The necessity and essentiality of having a conviction about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ was made clear by the lifestyle and conduct of the apostles of old, who, despite all the negatives that attended their doing the work of God, persecution, popularization, and popularization, they did not lose heart, they did not give up, they did not abandon ship, nor desert their post or the Lord. They just kept on. Why? They were convinced, fully persuaded of what they had believed. Rather, the apostles of old committed their souls to the safe keeping of God, who alone is able to keep it unto eternity. In doing the work of God in our own time, we must likewise be totally and completely convinced about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. We must be totally and completely convinced that we ourselves will be raised up from the dead, as the Lord also was raised up when we fall asleep. And we must have absolute confidence in God and in His Word that what He has said He will do. He is not only able to do, but He will actually do it. Otherwise, we will be dominated by the fear of death and the desire for pleasures and material things, resulting in a gospel which is no gospel at all. And if we are not fully persuaded or convinced, in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, our witness of Jesus Christ will be weak and ineffective. In fact, it will be like the good gospel. Without this witness of the resurrection, we don't have a gospel. Our gospel is empty. 
We will not be fully committed to the Lord, and we would be unable and unwilling to endure persecution, popularization, and popularization till the end, as of the case of heaven. If we are not convinced that the Lord Jesus Christ died and was resurrected, if we are not convinced that we ourselves, when we die, we will be, re- we will be resurrected, we will be raised by the Holy Spirit, then we are going to have problems. If they want to make you poor, you will resist. Because your entire hope is what? In what you have. You will not have any hope else. And yet our hope is not good. Our hope is present. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's read Acts chapter 1, verse 3. Acts chapter 1, verse 3. To whom he, that is Jesus, also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible groups, being seen by them during forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. In that second part that we want to look at, remember we looked at the first part, that he presented himself alive after his passion of suffering by many fallible groups, being seen by them during forty days. We looked at that last week under conviction, as a means of understanding the acts of the apostles. Now we want to take the second part. And speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. The Lord did not only show himself to the apostles by many infallible truths over the 40 day period following his resurrection from death to convince them he repeated that he had indeed resurrected and that he would likewise be raised from the dead when he fall asleep. Then he also spoke, remember when we looked at it in verse 2, by the Holy Spirit to them, giving them instructions and commandments and information and teachings of the things pertaining, that is the things revolving around, the things about, the things relating to, the things concerning the kingdom, that is the rule, the reign and realm of God. This indicates the sheer weight the Lord placed on the matter. I need to explain this in a little bit. It is not interesting that when the Lord died, went to hell for those two or three days, and came back out. He didn't discuss how hell was. He didn't discuss the people he saw in hell. He didn't discuss the people who were not there. He didn't discuss anything about that. What was his discussion? What was he discussing? The kingdom. That's the weight that he placed on the kingdom. So we want to look at understanding the acts of the apostles. The fourth consideration, concernment. Concernment, basically, is a big word for concern. A big word for interest. What a man is focused on. What a man is about. When the Lord Jesus came to the earth, the kingdom of God was his principal focus. After his death and resurrection, he continued to make it a principal focus. Spending the 40 days after his resurrection to speak to them about the things of the kingdom of God. Repentance. Forgiveness of sin, faith toward God, salvation, eternal life, baptism, suffering, persecution, and much more. He wanted the apostles to understand that this was to be their focus. It must also be the same for us. You remember last week when we were trying to look at the scriptures to prove the resurrection of the Lord. Each time the Lord came to meet with his disciples, he kept opening the scriptures to them, that also, to prove to them that how through the scriptures. He was supposed to come, he was supposed to die, he was supposed to be buried, and then to rise again. These were the things that formed the discussion with them. These were the things that pertain to the kingdom of God. Himself, crucified, glorified, and so on and so forth. But let's begin at 
the when when it first came in Mark chapter one, verse fourteen and five. Mark chapter one, verse fourteen and five. We we want to prove that this was the purpose of the Lord. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, saying, "The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel." His focus was not on freeing John the Baptist from prison. His focus was on the kingdom. There were so many things he could have done, but he moved away from that place, went into Galilee, and began to preach the gospel. And what was this? What was he saying? He said, "The time is, is near. Repent." Turn away from your life of sin and come to God because the kingdom of God is yes. It was a major focus in Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, verse 42 through to 44. Now, when it was day, this was, let me give you the end of this. He had been involved in healing a lot of people, had prayed for Peter's uh, mother in law, and had done quite a bit of ministry the previous night. Now, in the morning, now when it was day, he departed and went into a deserted place, and the crowd sought him, and came to him, and tried to keep him from leaving them. Then he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, because for this purpose I have been sent. And he was preaching in the synagogues of He went from place to place, preaching what? The kingdom. He didn't, he didn't make any bones about it. This was his primary concern. Healing was okay, but the primary concern was the kingdom. In fact, I think we are going to see that when he sent them out two by two, he said they should preach, they should heal, but they should also So it's not enough to say you heal somebody. The fellow must have the kingdom preached to him before, during, and after the healing and miracle. In Luke chapter 11 verse 2, so focused was this was the Lord on the kingdom that when he taught them to pray, he said, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in it is a part of our prayer. We are supposed to pray the coming of the kingdom of God. On a daily basis, in Matthew chapter 5, we're talking of the early ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. When he went up to the to the, what's it called now? The mount. And the multitudes came, you know, the Bible says, let me read you from verse 1. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain. And when he was seated, his disciples came to him. I thought seeing the multitudes would die straight away into healing as he did the previous day. And go on and on and just continue to perform miracles and everything. No. The Bible says in verse 2. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for there is what? The kingdom of heaven. Now, I need to make a, a note here. It is only in Matthew's Gospel that you read of the kingdom of heaven. Elsewhere, it is the kingdom of God. And that's for a reason. Because Matthew was writing to Jews. Jews understood it as the kingdom of heaven. But every other person understands it as the kingdom of God. So, even in Matthew, sometimes he uses the kingdom of God, but essentially, it's the kingdom of heaven. He, you see that the benefits which he begins to speak about revolve around what? The kingdom. The, the nature of the people who will inherit the kingdom of God. The nature of the people that you will find in the kingdom of God. They are poor in spirit. They are those who mourn. They are those who mourn. For they are those who mourn. For they shall be comforted. Whenever it comes just mourning, anyhow. Mourning concerning the matter of sin. Mourning concerning the, 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 the matter of the failing of the church of God today. 
when you see iniquity and you mourn, it is the kingdom that the nature of those who are going to be in the kingdom. In, in, in verse 5 of Matthew 5, it says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The meek will inherit the earth when the, when the kingdom is put here on the earth. Do you understand that? It, it is a kingdom matter. In, in, in verse 6, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. What are they hungry for? The right, right, what is righteousness? It's about the kingdom. In verse 7, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. To be in the kingdom. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. How do they see God? In the kingdom. Is the king of the kingdom. Verse 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. They are of the kingdom. And in verse 10, blessed are those who are persuaded for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of, it's all about the kingdom. The teaching on the mount is about the kingdom of God. Those who will be in that kingdom. And the Lord continues to teach and teach on this thing. If you go to chapter 6, which is still part of that teaching on the mount, and we look at it from verse 31, it says, Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? It says, There are more important things than this eating, drinking, and wearing, and other things. For after all this is the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Verse 3. But what? Seek first what? The kingdom of God. That should be a priority. And his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. If you go to Romans chapter 14, verse 17. Romans 14, verse 17. It says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. It's not about eat and drink. It's not about festivities. But what? Righteousness. And peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, the right standard of God, the standard of holiness, that's the kingdom of God. Peace, no fretting, no worries, a calmness that is within you, regardless of what is happening to you, that's the kingdom. A joy that is accentuated by the Holy Ghost, not a joy based on happenings, but one that is, that, that is motivated. From your from inside of you by the Holy Spirit. Some people misrepresented this and began to speak of the Toronto blessing. They thought it was just to laugh like a jackass. That means that you have to join the Holy Ghost. No! It's more than that. When everybody is sad, there's a joy within you that is that is accentuated or motivated by the Holy Ghost. The kingdom was the focus of the Lord. In John chapter chapter 3, where we get our body again. Very interesting story. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. This man was focusing on the miracles. Look at the Lord Jesus' hands. I thought he would say, Well, you know, the Lord is happening. These miracles, they are very easy. Now, once you will relate to God, very easy for this miracle. He, he, he was a thief. He just brushed aside the comment of miracles. And look at what he said. Jesus said and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see what? The kingdom of God. For the Lord Jesus, the miracles and other things, they are just there to help some of the unfortunate people. The key thing is the kingdom of God. And here he gives the Nicodemus the, the, the access to that kingdom. He must be born again. He must be born again. How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, there are many 
descriptions of things that people say the Lord Jesus meant. One argument is that he meant he must be born naturally and be born spiritual. So what people say that you go through through two baths and you die once. Then if you go through only one bath, then you die twice. Die naturally and then you die spiritually. Born naturally and born spiritually. Praise the name of the Lord. Otherwise you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. This was the Lord's focus while we're here on the earth. In fact, the scripture we quote the most, John 3 16, is there, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting everlasting life and the kingdom of God. They are tied together. These are the things pertaining to the kingdom. The way to get this thing is to believe in the only begotten son of God. You will get into the kingdom. It was the, it was the focus of the Lord. Now when he resurrected, we're just going to look at one of the aspects. And he began to speak to them after the resurrection. Let's look at Luke chapter 24, 25 to 27, and then we'll look at 44 to 49. 25 to 27. Then he, that is Jesus, this was when he appeared to them, said to them, O foolish ones, to do the disciples on the road to Emmaus, remember that account. Then, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered this thing and to enter into his glory? What was he discussing there? The kingdom. Christ has to come. The kingdom will not be formed until after Christ has died and been resurrected. Verse 27. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets. Please, where does Moses belong to in the Bible? The Old Testament. Where do the prophets belong to in the Bible? The Lord is not within. The New Testament is a new thing. The Bible that they had was the Old Testament. And if we did not need the explanation in the epistles, we would have stopped right with the Old Testament. So let people stop telling us that the Old Testament is irrelevant. The New Testament we are talking about came from that Old Testament. It cannot be relevant. He expounded to them in all the scriptures. What scriptures again? What we call the Old Testament. The things concerning him. All these things are the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. If you go to 44 to 49, this was where he was now giving them some of the instructions, which we mentioned in Acts chapter 1. Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. We need to know what was fulfilled. So that all we do is what? We appropriate what has been fulfilled. Do you understand? For example, the issue of the sacrifices, the killing of rams and for one offering or the other, peace offering, thanksgiving offering, um, transgression offering, sin offering, old bond offering, the Lord says that faithful. We no longer do those things. In fact, the word we use as offering is a wrong word. It should be gifts or presents. We are presenting something to God. But those offerings the Lord Jesus has dealt with them. But, and yet there are some things, provision in the Old Testament, that still require us to, to fulfill. But the difference is that now we have the ability given to us to accomplish them. Do you understand that? For example, in, in obeying God, the Lord Jesus has made it possible for us to obey God. If you look at, um, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in sanctification of the Spirit, for what? Obedience 
and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace to you and me be multiplied. So what what is what what is this telling us there? What they could not do in the Old Testament time was to obey God. But under the new dispensation, the ability has been given to us through sanctification to what? Obey. So the, 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 new, Test, the new Testament does not say we shouldn't obey God. The New Testament tells us that we can obey God. Unlike the Old Testament that when they struggle to obey God, we don't struggle to obey God. If we allow ourselves to be sanctified by the Holy Spirit, do you understand that? So these are the things that the Lord was talking about. And then in verse 25 says, we are back to this verse And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. These are the things about the kingdom. If Christ did not suffer and rise the third day, there is no kingdom. But for the seventh. And that repentance and remission of sins or forgiveness of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. This were the instructions he was given them. He must preach the kingdom. How they are going to have access to the kingdom is through repentance. Tell them that the way for repentance has been paid now because I have died and I have come back. That all men's sins have been forgiven if they will come to me, if they will come through me. In my forgiveness, and you are witnesses of these things. Each time we read the scriptures and we imbibe and receive the scriptures, we become witnesses of these things of the kingdom. Behold, verse 49, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from one heart. What we have here is essentially what, was, what um, Luke was trying to present in the first few verses of Acts chapter 1. And we find the Lord Jesus discussing what? It was a primary thing for him to mention the kingdom of God. Now, at that time, people thought the kingdom of God referred to only the Jews. But then, over time, we discovered that it concerns you and I. In fact, the kingdom of God is a kingdom that does not permit discrimination, does not permit segregation. In fact, we don't have nations in the kingdom. We just have people coming together and becoming one. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2, from 13 to 22. Ephesians chapter 2, from 13 to 22. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off, who are those people who were once far off? The Gentiles have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, who has made both one. Who are the both is talking about here now? The Jews and the Gentiles. He made us one, and has broken down the middle wall of separation, we used to be separated, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances so as to create in itself one new man from the two, thus making peace. Under the Old Testament, the ordinances, the ordinances separated us from the Jews. Do you understand? So we couldn't be we couldn't be brought into the commonwealth of Israel. But because of what Christ had done in fulfilling the ordinance, once we come under him, what has happened? We have likewise fulfilled. What would make us not to have entered into the, 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 the kingdom of God? So there's no nationality, there's no ethnicity, there's no amiibo. amiibo. No, in the kingdom of God we are all one. Verse 16. And that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, 
thereby putting to death the enmity. Many, look, many of us don't understand. That is why you see Christians in their ignorance talking about Israel, the nation, the physical Israel. God has moved away from the physical Israel. He's talking about spiritual Israel. But he has a group of people who will be of the physical Israel at the end time, 124,000 from that nation that will be brought in because those ones are coming in men. Right now, if they are a Jew, you better be born again. You cannot enter the kingdom of God because you are a Jew. No! You must be born again. You must be sanctified. So many of, our, many of the so-called leaders that we have today, they don't know the scriptures. We shall see that on so many next week alone. But what two weeks away? Where we shall try to understand the kingdom of God. This is why I just introduced the subject of what he was doing, discussing the kingdom. We are not going to elaborate too much on the kingdom. Maybe two weeks from now, if God permits, we will be breaking down this kingdom of God. For you to see that it is a spiritual thing. It will eventually land on the earth when the millennial rule is put in place. That is when Christ will reign over the entire earth. But right now, the realm of that reign is in each individual's heart who has accepted him as Lord. Do you understand? Many say Jesus is my Lord does not mean that you that he is your king. It is when you submit to his word that is when he begins he begins to reign over you. And Satan knows those who are just mounting his Lord. So he continues to reign over those people. But those who have submitted and committed themselves to Christ, one hundred percent, it is Christ that reigns over them. Satan cannot come near them. He can come for the purpose of tempting them, but that he will come and rule over them is not possible. Because they have a king. There can be no two masters in a man's life. These are the things that you and I need to understand in verse 17. He said, And he came and preached peace to you who were afar and to those who were there. For through him we have what? Access by one spirit to the Father. You remember connectivity. We have access by the spirit, that's a connectivity to the Father. Whether you are a Jew or you are a Gentile, call yourself Roman. Call yourself Christian, call yourself Yoruba, call yourself Hausa, call yourself Igbo, call yourself Ghanaian, whatever tribe you want to name yourself, we are all one on that. In the kingdom of God, there is no ethnicity. People of all language, of all tongue, of all tribe, Chinese, Australian, American, everybody rolled into one. There is no superior nation. Not even physical Israel. He's not superior to any nation on the earth. What many people don't understand is that the interest of God in that territory that Israel is occupying is Jerusalem. That is his physical capital when he returns. They can say whatever they want to try now. But the Lord will come. That's the If you like, put Buddha in that place. The day will come. When the Lord Jesus takes over, all those things will be cleared. He will make an end of all that nonsense in Jerusalem to be the capital. His twelve apostles, this time including Paul, will, will, stay, will be stationed with him in Jerusalem. Many of us who are busy preaching in different locations will be stationed in our different locations. Now you can imagine those who are not doing anything, they are not coming to see this church. You are the ones who will be helping to make sure that we continue to do our work of administration. That's why we become administrators. Right now, we are in the battlefield. You need to understand military terminology. When when the military go into a place, they go for war. But when they have now subdued the place finally, the people who fought now become the administrators, now govern over that planet. 
And then the people who were, who were not serious and the ones who be shining their shoes and doing other things, that is, they are, they are in government house. Yeah? They are not in the water side, in government house. So it's okay, but they'll be shining shoes. So if you have decided that what you want to do is to shine shoes, no problem. Many of us have decided to go to the battlefield to fight through evangelism, through ministry, and so on. Verse 19. Now therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. The kingdom of God is the household of God. Do you understand? Presently, if you are looking for the kingdom of God, it is the church. That's where the kingdom of God is. Any church should give you the, what the kingdom of God looks like. Sadly, that's not the case. So, this, this scripture is telling us that we should stop looking at ourselves as second class citizens. As people who are strangers in the kingdom. No, we are part, we are very much a part of the kingdom. We are saints. We are members of the houses of God. Verse 20. How has been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets? Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together, brought into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a wedding place of God in the spirit. After the one thousand years Reign of Christ of peace, we shall all return to God, and God will dwell with we who form the house of God. Don't ask me how it's going to be, because I don't know, but that's what the Bible says. And God will dwell in our midst. We will be the light, shining. We will have no need for sun, moon, those things are not necessary. There are those who will remain in the center of where God is. That is what the Bible calls them the pillars of the house of my God. They shall never be moved here and there. For everything looking at God. That's what David said. I would rather be a gatekeeper in the house of God than be the congregation of, uh, I don't know, at one time, you would say, oh, that I may just come into your temple and just behold the beauty. But not, not for us today, our own focus is what? We want to look at the beauty of the cat. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 and 15, all right, right, the of God says here, these things I write to you. Though I have, though I hope to come to you shortly. But if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself where? In the house of God, in the kingdom of God. There's a way we behave in the kingdom of God. Those who belong, there's a way we behave, there's a way we conduct ourselves, there's a way we speak. Humility is one of our, our characters. Or rather, one of, one, of, one of the characters that we, that we exhibit. The house of God, which is the church of the living God. And what is the of the living God? The pillar and ground of the truth. The kingdom of God, represented by the church of God today, is supposed to be the place where you find truth, not false truth. So don't come and tell me, oh, you know, we just celebrate Christmas, it's not where we just do the day. Did God tell you to celebrate this number one? Did God tell you that today? Why do we pick a date? We are the ground in the pillar and ground of the truth. We cannot afford false truth in the church of God. That is because unscrupulous men are coming amongst us and are beginning to tell us all manner of stuff. When the Lord was here or there, look at what he said when he was talking to disciples from uh, Matthew chapter 10, from verse 7 to verse 10. He said, And as you go, do what? Preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely. You don't ask people to pay. You should really give if they want to give. You also do it with all 
one of their main one side that they are charging money for people to enter. It's not, it's not scriptural. Very soon, churches will divide that silly thing. And I wonder the fools who go there, it must, be, it must be foolish to pay that kind of money. That's nine. Provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money belt. Why is he telling you not to take money with you? Who can answer that question? Why is he telling them not to take money? Good. He will make the people you are going to meet to meet the needs. So don't go with it. But then, no bag for your journey, no good tunics, no sandals, no staff. For a worker is worthy of his food. You're supposed to be taken care of by the people you are ministering to. That's the word of God. This is the kingdom of God. It's not about it's because now we talk so much about money in the church. I wonder where do we get these things from? It's not the kingdom of God. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, what did he say? He said, You cannot serve two masters. He says, No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to, to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and more. You can't do the two. Choose whom you will serve. If it's God, then serve God. And be happy serving him. Don't serve him grumbling. If it's mammon, then serve mammon. But we are having people whose concern is anything but God. They are concerned about money, they are concerned about clothing, they are concerned about every other, even politics. Now Christians are so heavy in politics. Not because they love to do anything for people, but they want to line their pockets. Look at Mark chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. And this is the heart of many Christians. Now, these are the ones sown among the thorns. This is the Bible of the sower. I, I believe when we discuss the word, we're looking at the kingdom, we might discuss to an extent about this because this is one of the main parables of the kingdom. These, now, these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word that is the word of the kingdom. And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in, choke what? The word, and it becomes unfruitful. So we find people in the church, in the kingdom of God, who are unfruitful. They are not worthy to be there. You will recall, I think it is Revelation chapter 3, I think it is, where the Lord Jesus was speaking to the church of the Laodiceans and said, you are, you are neither hot nor cold. Because you are lukewarm, what, what do you do? I will spew you out. That's what he's saying. This must be a care, their concern is for the world. Politics, their concern is for so many things. The deceitfulness of riches. How sad that in the church of God, many people have been deceived into pursuing money. And the desires for other things. This is entering and they talk the word of God. And the man is in Luke chapter 10, talking about cares, talking about concerns that, that have nothing to do with the kingdom of God. This is the story of Mary and Martha from verse 38 through to 42. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary. Who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. She was concerned with too many cares. And she approached him as the Lord Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Come and help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, like many of us. We don't know how to sit at Jesus' feet and just learn, just receive. We don't know how to do it. We believe that by, by moving around we are working. We are acting. No! You are spending energy 
on something that is unfruitful to you in verse 42. He says that one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. But what I think the Bible says, and I am not going to take it away, I'm not going to take it away from her, I'm not going to take it away from her, stop, and start having that. They're not just stop, even though they were preparing the food for him, he said that it's passing his time. In his life, I used to wonder what is this for? Then one day, we went to the house of one dear, one dear beloved daughter of ours. And my mom and I went there. I wasn't feeling too well. I was sleeping. She was everywhere. Trying to get me something to say. Meanwhile, we came not, we just came to sit down with them and enjoy them. She was just enjoying their friends. That was how we went. That was all I said. Oh, let me get some drink. Oh, let me get something to drink. We spent about one or, one or two or one and a half hours there. We barely spent five minutes. Which, the reason we went there was to sit down and just have a time. She brought everything that we could eat. She couldn't eat because I wasn't eating anything I had at the end of the day, after all the runner, we came to sit down with you at all. That's we spent we spent one and a half hours in bed that that's what the runner was saying. Then many are showing you the better Many of you need to understand that God is more interested in you and him sitting down before you start running around. And when you run around, he is going to tell you what to run around and what to run around, how to remove the car off if you need to run at all. But no, we, we've listened to fables of people who have told us, you need to hustle, you need to rush, you need to do this, you need to do that. And I ask them, where is the result of their hustling all these years? No result. Let's get off this hustling. Praise the Lord. First Timothy chapter 6, number 6. We're discussing the kingdom of God. It was pertinent to the law. It, it was pertinent to us. We must understand what this kingdom is about. So now, godliness with what? Contentment is great, not small gain, great gain. When you are not looked, you see, the, the, the assessment of the kingdom of God, from the assessment of the kingdom of men. For the kingdom of men, godliness doesn't amount to much. They say they do only, 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 only. When did they give you? They give you food, you don't give it. They give you job, you don't give it job. When did they do all this only, only? They say they're in the kingdom. Their godliness with contentment is great. Because he says in verse 7, For we brought nothing into this world, and the seven we can carry nothing out. I've been to a few funerals, and my father died when I was young. I was the one who was to be captured throughout. I killed him before he put the captured into the ground. And I put him of what followed him there. The car, he was right, the key was in my car. It wasn't inside that car. What was inside that car was the cross, the war for him, which he was with his one. God tells him that he was with his one. Let him be alone and go and just one thing that he has. That he can keep it and he doesn't need it. Do you understand? We are going to leave this world with nothing. You better understand that when you are leaving this world, you are not leaving this world, they will say, oh, he left this house. He left. They better say, he was a man of God. He didn't have a full bit, but he was a dear man of God. And he said, he's the holy man, make it that man. Not some kind of man who is drunk and talking something. In my and having food and clothing, which by the way you're not supposed to run out. Because God has said, seek ye first what? The kingdom of God. Says this exactly. And having food and clothing with this, we shall be what? Content. Believers, we need to be content. We need to have food God. Without godliness, you're not getting that kingdom of God. In my time, it says, but those who desire to be rich, the desire of riches, fall into temptation and ensnare. And into many foolish and harmful laws, which drown men in destruction and perdition. 
For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strength of the faith in their greediness and fear themselves with many sorrows. Do you know how many people are jumping out of the place because they are chasing after money? Money is supposed to be a resource, a servant, not a master. That when you run after it, it becomes your master. That when you pursue God, money becomes your servant. Money will be bleeding with you. They will beg you to take some ministry and go on. Verse 11. But you, old man of God, have always had this question. Who is this old man of God? Who is he referring to? The pastor? Every believer. But you, old man of God, pleasing things. What are the things that you plead? The disciplines of riches. I don't know where we pray these, these pastors and many of them are big pastors. You're getting money. Oh, without money, we cannot build this church. Who told you to build this project? Let's look at the scripture and tell us which of the building projects God The one man who wanted to build the temple for God, David. What did God tell him? He said, No. Because he wanted to, okay, let us build it. Did God care so much for that temple? See the way he allowed the temple to be destroyed by the Bukhadeh and all these things taken away. What of the seven temples that Herod built? When they were taking Israel from the temple, what did he say to them? He said, This is the not one stone to be on the other. But they don't care about those buildings that you Many of those projects that you see people engaging in and spending so much money, it doesn't come in heaven. It doesn't come anywhere in heaven. They are just engaging in empire building for one man who wants to gloat over the house of church. He has those churches there. That's all. And the man is going to go to heaven without those things there. But you are one of God, do these things and pursue what? Righteousness. Is that, is that part of the kingdom of God? Godliness. Is that part of the kingdom of God? Faith, is that part of the kingdom of God? Love, patience, death, are those the kingdom of God? Yes! Those are the things pertaining to the kingdom. That's not what's telling him. Peter, James, John, Thomas, and so on and so forth. Pursue righteousness. Pursue godliness. Pursue faith. Pursue God. Pursue faith. Forget about money. When it is time to go, go and do the work. Just be going. Look at Philip. When those people told Philip that we are going to the road, uh, what's it called? The, 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 the road between Gaza. And then Jerusalem called into the desert. He walked there. He saw the, you know, after he had prayed that the man was born again, what happened? Those who him up, they found him in the Azores. If he was there, I think the water was not going to go back. Do you even know where he was going back? Not back to Samaria, to a different place. When they said, separate from me, Barnabas and stuff, did you hear that they had a, a, a project to, to, to collect money? Every time God wants to do something, He speaks to the hearts of men. You go and give money to you, you go and give money to you. The way we do things now is as if we do. It's because they have lost touch with heaven. Verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. This is the kingdom. Lay hold on eternal life. That's the kingdom. It is the lay hold on money. Eh? Fight that building project. And even this church building project, a lot of sinners are made through those building projects. The building project chairman is stealing money and lying for fine people. The members and themselves, they want to supply the sand and the pebbles for our freedom. We are creating sinners by many of the things that they are engaging in. If I tell somebody here now to supply us two, two dozen shares, it will be cheaper for me to go to the market and buy it than for that person to bring it. He doesn't see a church member, he doesn't see that he, he, he should be contributing from his pocket. Let's just say that this is my son, my opportunity to chop up the people. Because I'm talking about this money. I was listening to one fellow preaching on TV. They said, look, 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 look. I am not interested in money. That sermon was from beginning to end money. They said, I'm not interested in money. I just want you to know 
how to make money. Well, so what is your business with them? You didn't teach them about the kingdom of God. You didn't teach them about faith. You didn't teach them about righteousness. It's how to make money. And you say you're interested. You're not interested in them. You're interested in their, in their pockets. Five good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life. To which you were also what? Called. They're not called to pursue money. They're called to pursue eternal life. And have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Oh, God help us. Let's go to verse 17. Now he talks about those who are. He didn't say don't have money. But let us see what he said to those who have money. He said, command. What did he say there? Command. He didn't say suggest to them. He said, need to them. Command those who are rich in this present day not to be That's not to be offish. Not to trust in uncertain. That is look at the qualifying word for riches. Uncertain. It is so uncertain. In uncertain riches. But it is living God. Who gives us richly all things to enjoy? The money God gave you. You understand? If He gave it to you to enjoy, He can enjoy anything. Let them do good that they be rich in good works. What is God focusing on now? The good works. The abundance of their good works, not the abundance of the money they have. Ready to give, willing to share. What is the money they have meant for now? For distribution. I've said this over and over again. Money in the hand of a believer is not for accumulation, it's for distribution. To distribute. In the scripture, what, what, what is it they will do in verse 19? Storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal. Do you remember what the Lord told, um, what that fellow said now? That is his young ruler. They want to sell their land. They want to sell all that they have. Give it to the poor. And then come and follow them. They want to give it to me. If Jesus said, give it to me, he would have been happy. Because at least, why is Jesus in the same with money? I can't that. So, but give it to the poor. The poor that you will never see again. Ah. He left sad. He was sorrowful. This was what the, 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 the apostles understood. And they preached. They preached about the kingdom of God. In Acts chapter 8, verse 12. This was Philip running away from the, 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 the attack on Christians. Verse 12. But when they believed Philip, and he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were. Philip did not go to Samaria to be preaching protection for himself, to be preaching money to travel to, to escape. He went to preach about the things concerning the kingdom. Uh, Acts 14, 22. This was Paul after they had finished in the region of Galatia, the first century. The Bible says, let's take it from 21. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and many, and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra. Iconium and Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, and saying, We must through many tribulations enter what? The kingdom of God. They told them, You are not this kingdom, we will suffer tribulation to enter you. So please, so don't, don't think that what you are going through is saying, No, 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 it's part of the kingdom. Your tribulation, your troubles, your suffering is part of the kingdom. Don't worry, just press on. Things will be tough. There will be recession. Don't, don't follow them to shout recession. No, 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 don't worry yourself. Just commit your soul to God. Hold on to God. And you will understand that recession. Because the Lord says, I will never, I will, I will, I will, I will not forsake you. No, no. I will neither give you nor forsake you. I will bear with you. In verse, uh, Acts chapter 19, verse 8. This is about, this is about the uh, fall in Ephesus. And he went into the synagogue. 
and spoke boldly for how many months? Three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. If we find ourselves opportune to preach in a church, would we be talking about the things about the kingdom? Would that be our concernment? Would our concernment be the things of the kingdom of God? The matters of repentance, the matters of remission of sins, of forgiveness of sin, the matters of faith towards God, of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of the resurrection of the dead, of the eternal judgment, and so on and so would those be the things that we are discussing? Godliness, righteousness, grace that teaches us to deny worldliness and ungodliness and to live soberly? Will we be teaching humility, sobriety? Will we be teaching purity of heart? There are people who are here today are experts in fundraising in churches. They go from one church to the other. They say they have an anointing to raise money. That is not from God. I I make it I make bold to tell you that is not from God. What what anointing to raise what money? We used to be fooled by those things too. A friend of mine told me once they were engaged in a in a building in a building project in his church and he was pleading and begging them to give money. Then one day a guest minister came and put in tow one young man. I told this, he told my friend that this guy has an anointing to raise money. Just give him some time to raise the money. And the fellow came and raised the money. The church that was not giving money, the guy said to them on a, a, a night meeting, Friday night to Saturday morning, that this money is needed before Sunday. Not on Sunday, before Sunday. <laughs> he was talking to them Friday to Saturday, the wee hours of Saturday morning. He needed before Sunday. That no pledge if you want to bring on Sunday. We need it today, Saturday, Saturday. You have a relationship with God. So you don't have. You're not in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not like that. 
this, this, this mentality of looking at the world and wanting to bring you to the is not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is completely different. Completely different. Let's, let's uh, go to verse 13 and 31. For full understanding. Then Paul dwelt two whole years in his own rented house and received all who came to him. Doing what? Preaching what? The kingdom of God and teaching the things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no one forbidding two years. In verse 23, we said that he was explaining from morning till evening. Now, two years. Some people can't start a church for two months. The message has started. After the first Sunday, and they see that people didn't come back on the second Sunday, they will change the message. Message can no longer be about the people. It's about money. How you can be rich. How you can do this. Business efforts. Many of you will be happy if we start having business centers in the church. But that is not the job of the church. The church, the church doesn't teach you business centers. It's not the, 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 the word of God, the things of the kingdom. It teaches you ethics. Ethics, not methodology. Ethics. How to conduct yourself. If you are humble, no one will open for you. He said, come for, come for uh, uh, favor anointing service. Kind of favor anointing service. Favor anointing service. Ah, today's favor. Favor, 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 favor. Meanwhile, you are, you, your, your, your nature stinks. You are, you are obscene in the language that comes out of your mouth. And you want favor on top of you. To do what? To do what? The man who wants to give you favor for and for, has he, has he taught you how to live like this? That cannot be, that's the thing that you made of this, they are not God. Just open the Bible and read it. Read the Bible yourself, please. And as you read the Bible, please show me where the doctors had a seminar to discuss anointing for favor. They not kept teaching about the kingdom. If you live in the kingdom, this is how to behave in the kingdom. You behave that way in the kingdom and you will see you, yourself, living like a person of the kingdom. When he stood before Fatima, uh, what is it? Not Fatima. Pontius Pilate. And when I said, I don't know the people, I said, No, I'm not of this kingdom. He said, Oh, then you're a king. He said, Of course, my kingdom is different. And it is not, it is my father who has given you power to sit in judgment of me. Otherwise, you think I will not call thousands of angels now and they will not be your prince. He knew the kingdom that he came from. Do we know the kingdom that we are from? We want to live like the world and still hold on to the kingdom. You cannot serve two masters. First Corinthians chapter 6, we're going to read from verse 9 to 11. Here he was discussing the issue of Christians taking Christians to court over matters. So why, why, why do you think you want to go and settle the case before a non-believer? Don't you have don't you have pastors in your church? I had once a governor in assemblies of God. Governor of the state in assemblies of God. The Senate president in assemblies of God. One time Senate president in assemblies of God. Having local and local politics. Christians, some of the school teachers, having problems over the state. The general superintendent of the Assembly of God called them to a meeting. They never agree. Christians, they are pastors, they can't, because now they are now occupying political office. They can't be their pastor is a small one. So, he now begins to talk about this matter. In verse 9, he says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Why do you judge before the unrighteous? Why do you not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Please look at these people who will never inherit the kingdom of God. 
If you are practicing any of the traits here, you will not have the of God. It doesn't matter how many times you sit in church. It doesn't matter if you are dead, you are a pastor, a bishop, or a apostle. It doesn't matter what the title is that you have. This, this one will never, ever, ever inherit the kingdom of God. You want to steal money? I say you are in the kingdom of God. What kingdom are we talking about? A pastor wants pension. How they were trying to do a, 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 a buy equipment for their church. And they sent some senior pastors to one, bring a price. This senior pastor went and brought the price. The pastor now sent his driver to park at the distance and trek into that same market. When picked the invoice, the, the invoice they gave them. The same market, they go to that same shop, give them this list. They gave the list. The price that they gave this driver was one tenth of what the senior pastor brought. They are thieves. They are perpetuous. They are not inheriting the kingdom of God. So some say, oh, bishop, is bishop. So what? If he says this, he doesn't belong to the kingdom. His title doesn't entitle him to the kingdom. Do you understand that? It is the nature of God in you that entitles you to the kingdom of God. Verse 11. And such were some of you. You used to be that. We don't expect to hear that you are still doing these things. Sadly, it happens. I'm sure you've read of, of, of bishops and pastors who come out and say, I'm gay. Then I heard, I heard a very disturbing story. I think it was even on, on Facebook and, and, and over the internet, a, a, a young lady, and she's the one who posted about it. I'm pregnant, I'm a, I'm a single lady, and no, I'm, I'm a pastor, I'm pregnant, and single. And, I'm, and there's nothing anybody can do about it, I'm going to continue to do the work of God. The work of Satan is not the work of God. You are single, you are not married, you are pregnant. You have not discussed the fact that you are living as a fornicator. What do, they, what do you, what do people think the church of God is? That it's just an institution or a club that you can do whatever you like? It is the kingdom of God. Many of us people don't get behave as you want to behave. Go ahead. You are not in the kingdom of God even though you come to church. This building is not, it's not, it's not the church. The church is a gathered people who are sanctified unto obedience to God. Such by some of you, not are. Well, you used to be this. But you were what? Washed! Have you seen these people? They were what? Washed. They were dirty before. They were fornicators. They were idolaters. They were thieves. They were covetous. They were homosexuals. They were these things. But now they were what? Washed! But you were what? Sanctified! But you were what? Justified! In the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. So you no longer need to do those things. If a man is dead, and he washed you find guilt in what they do? I'm asking a question. No. So how does somebody who used to be a homosexual or who is a homosexual and now is born again and is still a homosexual? It's not born again. It's not born again. You used to smoke in or you are smoking in the air. Then you, you say you gave your life to Christ. And you are still smoking in the air. Are you born again? You are not. That's the reality. Let's be, let's be sincere to ourselves. Repentance means a turning away from something and a turning on to God. Take the entire hand and come to God. So I saw some boys today, I was going to, uh, I said to them, you want me to preach the word of God to you? One of them said to me, no, I'm, 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 I'm preparing to go to the church. In the entire hand with his hand. So I said, I don't know if there's anything to do with it. I said, let me go to the church. Honestly, I felt like grabbing a plant and clapping the power of the head. That you better go and sleep at home and stop deceiving yourself and whoever you are. I'm going to sleep with that. I wanted to take a smile and just clap the power of the head. Get away from me, what church are you going to? And if I had my other quicker to follow you to London, hey! If I smoke in India, put him out Let him put a small speaker when he's ready, he can follow him. 
Sacrifice people are doing. Are they going to? Are they going to? Meaning what? The kingdom is the concern of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not attendance. It's the kingdom. If your attendance does not bring you into the kingdom, your attendance is just sacrifice from verse 5 to verse 12. For this you know that no fornicator, unclean person, no covetous man, who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Have you seen it then? The Bible considers a covetous man as an idolater. So when we say somebody is, is in idolatry, it's not only the vows to and give it. The fact is, this man is covetous. He must have everything he sees. He must have it. He wants it. He wants it. He wants it. He wants it. And many fathers are encouraging us to do that. Pray to God for what you want. Whatever. That's cast my divinity. It's not scriptural. If they get the roof to open, if they get the roof to shout and scream and go and say they are praying, but it is not scriptural. God expects us to seek things according to his will, not according to our desires. Verse 6. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the source of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. Do you know why God? Look, why do we tell people to come and be born with Because the wrath of God is hanging on all acts of disobedience. Hanging. Waiting to descend. But God is not suffering and patient. Waiting for people. If by adventure they will just allow, you know, they will just open themselves up and allow God to come and take them. But hanging. The day that man dies, that is the day you see the wrath of what we are living here, we don't, what we see while we are living here is the, is the shared goodness and grace of God that doesn't want any to perish. That this man who disdains the goodness and grace of God and dies, uh, uh, it's going to see the ground. When fire begins to burn him, you will know that. Eh? This one I was telling you for the rest of his life, he's born. People need to be taught these things. You think you can misbehave with God and then it's here, it's here that we, we have the opportunity to make amends. Once you close your eyes in death and you live this life that has the wrath of God hanging on you, that's where you see the wrath of God. I think it's in, in Romans chapter 1, I think from verse 19 now, so, or 18 now, it says, the wrath of God is displayed to all acts of righteousness. Verse 17. Therefore, do not be partakers with them, for you were once darkness. You see, this say you were once in darkness. You were once what? Darkness. But now you are what? Light in the Lord. You are not in the light, you are light itself. You are light itself. I think I will discuss this some weeks ago. That the Bible says, no man lights a candle and hides it. You light a candle and set it on a, on a hill, on, on a table, for all to see. The city on a hill is there for everybody to see. Instead of God to light you, he will not light you. Because you are not going to give light to anybody, so you just say it. When the day you make up your mind that you are moving out of darkness into light, that's when you believe. The whole world will come and see you as a display of the light of God. It doesn't mean that they will see you as rich or see you as famous. No. And they will see light in you. This one happens. They will create this one and get to show that this one get light. Walk as children of light. If you say you are light, walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. This is the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace. Joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. We need to be singing those songs to remind ourselves what the kingdom of God is about. Verse 10. Finding out what is acceptable to who? God. When we spend time in prayer, what do we do? Pray to what? What are we praying? 
Lord, I need this guy. If you don't give me this guy, let me tell you. Let me tell you. I want them to stop going to church yesterday. They have just said, let me show you some kindness. If, if you don't give it to me by this Sunday, Sunday, that's the end of the answer. Do we think, honestly speaking, that we are doing what the devil has done? No. I think that's what they said. God is gone. How do you know that? He, is, he will remember. He started with one small nation for centuries. He remembered. He didn't change. today is He still got. He wanted us. He wanted us quite right. There's construction work going on in heaven. Hell has enlarged. He wasn't doing for heaven. The way he people are behaving today, the construction work going on in hell is massive. Massive. To create more rooms. Meanwhile, all the mansions that my son has built waiting for him is empty. And we are here. All of us are Christians. They are Christians. They are believers. Who are you fooling? You will leave the church. And go to one corner and be shaking beer. Go to one corner and be drinking. Go to one corner and be sleeping with women. Or be sleeping with men. Who are you fooling? Me? I'm walking out of my house and I'm going to You better walk out of your house My house is just to speak to you. If you say, oh, my pastor is this, my pastor is changing. So you don't want to change him. And people say, you are going to hell. That's your pastor that you say is changing. You just need to change him. Find out where God is giving elsewhere. Pastor 11. And have no fellowship. With the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather do what? Expose them. Another one of fellowship is partnership. Joining with them. Expose them for what they are. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. We shouldn't even talk about it. This day we mention it because people think that we don't know what they are doing. That's why we have to mention it. Men and women engaging in masturbation. What kind of stupid thing? What do they think they're doing? Brethren, is the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God of God. There's no room for that kind of behavior in the kingdom. Whether men know or not, there's no room for it in the kingdom of God. Do you think God does not see what you're doing in the darkness? What you're doing in secret? The sex things are taking place on, on your phones? You think God doesn't see? Colossians chapter 3. Hear what the Lord is saying to you and now. If then you were raised with Christ, Seek those things which are where above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things on the earth. Set your mind on the kingdom of God. Set your mind on the things of the kingdom. Leave politics to the politicians. You want to participate in politics? Go on your knees and pray. Pray that the poor in this land will be, will, will be remembered. God will bring somebody who will, who will remember the poor. And who will disdain the elites? But your own job is pray. You don't know the you don't know the, the high calling that God has put on you to be. I was I was I was giving a young man an example today. I said if you want to go to Pastor Rock now, do you know that even if you get to the gate of Pastor Rock, nobody will look like that. The way they will throw you out is you have a resource that speaks to the Lord that puts somebody in our way. Do you know what? Do you know what? We don't know. We disdain it. Because all we think of is the flesh. There is a God in heaven that will speak to the president when he's sitting on the president's boat. Have you considered the poor of this country? Put this in place. Put this in place. The man will think he's the one doing it. If God is moving him to do, the rich will be shouting and screaming. The poor will be dancing. Lord, let him rain for us for a long time. Let him be there. Even five times, we don't mind. Because you see somebody who takes care How did it happen? One man was in one man crying to God, praying to God. Let no. What are we doing now? We are the loudest of social media. Empty Babylon, making most noise. Prayerless Christians. 
Having no power. Verse 3. For you died, and your life is living with Christ in God. Have you seen a dead body paying attention to what he has said? Have you seen a dead body going to the Senate? Have you seen a dead, a dead body wanting to be governor? They can drag you and beg you and say, come and be commissioner, come and be minister. That's understandable. And you go and pray to God and God says, don't worry, I want you to do I want you to do something. But that's understandable. Other than that, don't worry, go there, listen. They are sitting around, they are talking They call the Imaya to come for a minute and tell them, and this, the work I'm doing is a great work. I cannot come down. But not us. Who grab with them? Verse 4. When Christ with our life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. This is what we are going to get. Many people want to appear with Christ in glory, but they don't want to sit with him. They don't want to set their hearts on things above. They don't want to do anything about the kingdom of God, but they want to sit with him in glory. It's not possible. You don't want to suffer, but you want to have him in glory. It's not possible. It's just not possible. Go and check the scripture. It's not anywhere written where it says that you don't have the glory without suffering. No suffering, no glory. If we suffer with him, we shall also be glorified. That's fine. Therefore, because you are going to appear with him glory, therefore, who to death? Your members, which are the death? All those members, what are these members from the Uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, have you seen it again? The wrath of God is coming upon the sons of who? Disobedience, in which you yourself won't walk when you live in them. But now, you yourself have to put up all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not fight for one another. Since you have put up the old man with his deeds, why is he lying to one another? Husband is lying to wife, wife is lying to husband, children are lying to parents, parents are lying to children, pastor is lying to congregation, congregation are lying to pastor. What's going on? And I have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. And the kingdom of God, these are the things of the kingdom. How to live acceptably before God, how to do the things that delight like God. Matthew chapter 6, 19 to 21. Matthew 6, 19 to 21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on the earth. That is your Bible. Where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in us. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in us. See, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be where also. What treasure do we have in heaven? Or should I put it this way? Where is your treasure? Where is the treasure? That's where your heart is. That's where your focus is. If your treasure is in your bedroom, there is nothing in this world that will allow you to release the key of your bedroom to somebody. How do you know that? If your treasure is inside that car, inside the car parked in your pocket, there is nothing that will make anybody go near that car. Once you see somebody within your head, what are you doing? Where? Why? Do you understand? In the same way, you get your treasure in that place. Now they put diagrams. 
The officers said that really, we, because they are not telling us that you Pentecostal, we are causing trouble. They are not telling you this dressing is not allowed. This morning when I went out for the protest, I saw some girls coming from If they told you that they were coming from the party, you would be able to go down. If they told you they were coming from the party, the only thing that made you say maybe is because they were holding them. The dress itself was next. The building all their cars. The, the, the skirt or whatever it was, it was a suggestive skirt. And they were all there. And they were all do they, do they know the God we are talking about? I don't think many people know this God. Honestly, even many pastors are not even know Because if they knew God, they would understand that there's something that you don't have. You don't, you don't start with God. You test, you test anyhow, and go to a place, God don't understand. Just like that. Don't go on. Because here is the revelation. God said, let him that is filthy, you that are holy, be holy. Just continue. Continue the way you are going. Don't worry. Continue. When we get there, we will know. Verse 20, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, apples of love, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, confidence, rebellion, and the like. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the time past, that those who practice God will not, is that your Bible, inherit the kingdom of God. I'm calling me now. Christ remember. Last night. Not that the man prayed to God, oh, the cutter one project is taking care of the poor, take leave that to the project, you go on your knees. Have you thought of the souls of these people, these young men? Have you thought of their souls? When they're giving them a walk, you look at our look at look at our churches, especially the massive churches, and they say they are having a choir. You look at the you look at the choir, there are demons, there are witches, there are wizards in the choir. Nobody has talked of, talk of teaching them the word of God. Just let's have a mass fire. That's all that they are interested in. Tomorrow when they call them the VAs, they say, well, you know, not the job, we are looking for five people, let's talk about the past. It's not about the past. Yeah, we are talking about the past. It's just kind of good to let them Do you understand? How do you go to church every Sunday, every Tuesday, and every other day that you may have as a service? And you are singing in the choir, and you are dancing, and you are doing this in the choir, and yet, they are not part of the because of these works of the flesh in your life. I am not sad to say, what shall I do? Look at verse 24 to 25. I'm skipping 24 and 25. It says, and those who are Christ have what? Crucified the flesh with his pastors and desires. If you are in the kingdom of God, you are crucified the flesh. Do you understand that? The crucified flesh does not allow the works of the flesh. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. If you say, that I'm living in the spirit, let us see you conduct yourself according to the spirit of God. Because the Lord Jesus is focused on the human spirit. And the body is not focused. It was also a primary focus of it. Because you know who man is. Very soon we started, and that's what we are doing. Church has been locked on. Money, 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 money. Prosperity, prosperity, prosperity. Grace, grace, it is grace, no grace. What they're talking about. Grace, grace, grace. Don't worry. It has all been paid for. You can do it with God. Sometimes it makes you feel that. Are you sure that we are living in the same Revelation chapter 22, verse 14 to 26. Blessed are those who do his commandments. Is that your Bible? That they may have the right to the tree of life. You see why Adam could not eat the tree of life. He was disobedient. Because if he had to eat of one of the trees in the midst of the garden, what did he He didn't eat it. He went and ate the one of knowledge of, 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 of good and evil. And they enter through the gate into the city. That is the tree of life. The kingdom of God. Without eating of the tree of life, you do not have access to the 
Now, let's look at those who will eat this thing, or those who will not be able to enter. Look at us. But outside our room, dogs. Dogs are the, they are the unbelievers. People who don't believe in God. And sorcerers. And sexually immoral. And murderers. And idolaters. And whoever loves and practices a lie, they are outside. They will not eat of the blood. They will not have access into the kingdom of God when it finally comes. Verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the church. I am one of those angels. Testifying these things to you. That if you follow these people who are telling you all kinds of stories, you are not going to be able to enter into the kingdom of God. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bride. The concern of the Lord is that God is serious. He doesn't want anybody to be saved. But he also doesn't want anybody to feel that he's saved. And yet, he wants it. So we are, we are seeing the things. Those who are in the kingdom, the things that they are supposed to believe, the things they are not supposed to believe. Yeah. Don't let anybody feel that the, the kingdom of God is not about do's and don'ts. There are do's and don'ts in the kingdom of God. America that is the land of freedom. They still have to think this is in America. They will tell you how to, what we have to drive and where to drive in, in Latin America. It is in the land of lawlessness that we don't have laws. Where you can drive in this traffic and it doesn't matter. The kingdom of God is different. Let's conclude. The Lord's message to the apostles of old and to those of us who have and will come after them is that whatever we do, we must propagate the kingdom of God. Our preaching of Christ and him crucified and glorified are things pertaining to the kingdom of God. For without Christ, we cannot be in the kingdom. There are also the things that we must do and not do. The result of being like Christ, so as to inherit the kingdom of God. If you are like Christ, you will do like Christ. That also. If you are not like Christ, you will not be like Christ. It's a simple thing. So there are do's and don'ts. There are things that Christ did not do. He said, for your sake, I sanctified myself. I set myself apart. I could have been involved in something that I was not. For your sake, so that you will not be tempted to act that way. He could have sold new robes. Indeed, it was the concern of the Lord. It was the concern of the apostles of the world, of old. And it must be, it must likewise be our own The Lord did not speak of a kingdom ruled by men. Neither did he speak of a kingdom of empire building, nor one dominated by the building of cathedrals and superstructures. The Lord did not speak of a kingdom of cares, pleasures, craft and gratitude or a dependence on and the pursuit of money, but of the rule and reign of God in your face. So the question is, is God the one ruling in your life? Is Christ the one ruling in your face? Does he reign in your face? Do you listen to him before you do anything? Do you hear him speak before you move? That's what the kingdom is about. It's not about carrying the Bible and going to church. Not on that. The apostle Paul did not lose focus on the matter as they saw it or it, as they, they saw it, as what matter. They don't lose their focus on the kingdom. They saw that the kingdom of God is the matter, is the issue. And everything surrounding that kingdom, that's the issue. We must likewise resist every attempt to dissuade us to take our focus off the matter of the kingdom of God. Lest we fall prey to the device of the reign of Satan and of the rule of self. That's what is happening. Many people have taken up their, their, their views from the kingdom of God. So what they are, they are now under the reign of Satan. And under the rule of self, say well, to, my, to myself, this is what I believe I should believe. And so that's what I'm saying. That's what's ruling the church. Satan is in charge. Satan has a kingdom. 
the one of the governors of the kingdom of Satan himself. So anywhere self is operating, Satan is happy. Like one one video I posted on the CIC PSD forum. The, the pastor was speaking and said, Look, Satan is in the Bahamas. Enjoy himself. Why? Because the church is misbehaving. He doesn't need to spend time there. They are already doing what the rocking they are supposed to be doing. How do you carry the church there? They are doing it in the church. Where did that come to get it from? Syncretism is the order of the day. We have mixed idolatry with the worship of God in the church. Let me tell you something that many people don't understand. You see this issue of Christmas and New Year. What they not in practice. When the Roman Catholics, when the Catholic Church after a while, they, they, they felt, oh, we, we, we can absorb this, they can absorb all kinds of things. So they said, oh, we can absorb this practice and put Christ in it. It's Christmas. The knowledge, what they do is a week to the new year, they split open an animal, remove the entrance of the animal, and start looking to the new So a week after they have killed the animal and removed the entrance of the animal, they will tell you what the new year was. That was the thing. That was the thing. A big after, a big Tell me that that's that's what. Please show me the Bible. Where one day Christ came, I said, Yeah, A, B, and three. This is what we expect. Tell me. Where once we read Peter or Paul, then in 60 AD, we are expecting Titus to come to the Bible. Tell me where he tells you this is the year of this. And some of the promises are so, as far as that, they are laid. The righteous have flourished. Who else will flourish? A wicked man. The hard working will be blessed. Who will be blessed if they did not? What we are doing now, what we are getting from this prophecy. You understand the prophecy is saying this is the gift of the word of God. So when do we get into all this kind of things? We are bringing these practices that are all business. Many of our big pastors, when if you sit in, they can sit down and they are and they are honest themselves, they will tell you that God was we read the Bible, we see some things that we believe this is what God is saying. How come nobody has been able to say in 2015 this was what the prophecy and the thing of the can somebody please go back to the office and see whether it happened? All of it? If all of it did not happen, we cannot stop. If you can say, oh, because we prayed something, okay, fine. 2006, what else? Now, now we swallow 2017. One fellow has written 50, 50 things. Now we have written some other things. All over the place. Now, people in the church are busy doing what the person of the church. What about the church? What about the church? Can't really everything to want. That is how they are living their life. So no matter what they are told on the word of God. Himself as he is with God. I 